We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. It's Fun Friday. Every Friday, we do an afternoon show here, 2 o'clock Pacific time. Hop on, talk a little Lakers basketball, and welcome the weekend. Also gives a chance for some of our international viewers, depending on where they are, to get in a little bit different time, so it's not the middle of the night for them. But welcome in, everybody coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Gonna be taking your questions and comments. And if you are watching on one of those platforms, you can see we do have a special guest today. That is Scorpio Sky, AEW TNT champ. Scorpio, how you doing? Very good, man. It's always great to come on and talk some Lakers basketball, even when there's no Lakers basketball to watch. But we're here. We got a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, I wanted to start with that. So it's been now about a month since the Lakers have played basketball, since we had an, a Lakers game in the NBA. How are you feeling about that right now? I'm a 2K player, so, uh, you know, I get Lakers basketball every day. (laughs) I've already rebuilt the team 100 times, uh, you know, since the end of the last season. But, you know, I'm always excited to, um, you know, the the offseason is always is is just as exciting as the regular season for me, you know, because I'm someone that's always starved for information and news and trades and acquisitions and that sort of thing. So, it's like it's year round it never stops so there's always lakers basketball to enjoy you know i was thinking about this the other day it's been a month or so since we've seen the lakers but it feels like it's been longer because i don't feel like we really got the lakers this we didn't get lakers basketball this season it feels like it's been quite a while since that (laughs) since then so now uh i mean a month technically since they've been on the floor but i don't it doesn't even feel that way it feels like it's been longer Thank God. <laughs> I don't think I could watch any more of that team. It was really, really difficult to watch. And um, I, this might have been the first season where I actually turned games off, you know, late mm-hmm. in the game. But, like, it, it just got to a point where sometimes – it happens a couple times. I, I just turned the game off because I was it was just stressful. And then I was like, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. And, <laughs> but, and it's sad. I know you can't do that because you do the post-game show. That's right. So, uh, really tough hopefully we'll have better luck next season yeah i'm hoping so i'm hoping so hopefully the things will turn around the lakers have got a lot of things to do this summer um one of them is hire a new head coach frank vogel on the way out and the one thing that we found out today we heard a rumor this morning that doc rivers would be a leading candidate to become the los angeles lakers head coach should the philadelphia 76ers part ways with him after they fell in the second round last night to the miami heat but then Daryl Morey came out and said, uh-uh, not going to happen. He said Doc Rivers will be coaching the 76ers next season. So take him off of the Lakers list. What are your thoughts on, on that? There's a lot of Lakers fans that had either positive or negative thoughts regarding Doc Rivers. How did, how did you react to the news that Doc will not coach the Lakers? You know, I like Doc Rivers. I, I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think uh, he's gotten a little bit, underrated lately. I remember when he was with the Clippers, everyone talked about what a great coach he was. And I, and I thought he was actually a little overrated at that time. And so now it's, the it's coin is completely flipped. That being said, I did not really want him for the Lakers job. Now in the last 24, 72 hours, when I saw what was happening with Philadelphia, and I'm just assuming that the Lakers had been waiting to talk to him, I found myself in my head 
talking myself into Doc mm -hmm. and thinking like, oh, okay, well, you know, if he can deal with Donald Sterling, he can handle Genie and the Rambi, right? <laughs> then, but like, but you know, it's ultimately it's a good move. Um, I think Doc would have. I think he would have done a good job, despite what a lot of people think. But in the short term, I'm hoping they can find somebody that will not only be here for the LeBron James years, but hopefully for the years after. Someone newer, uh, you know, a Darvin Ham, uh, you know, if Adrian Griffin. You know, I've been watching your show, obviously, and you always say, leave no stone unturned. And, and I would like for them to really, really, like, dig in and do a real search. Mm -hmm. Don't just kind of – it's almost felt you've been wondering – Hey, are they really searching for a coach or are they searching while waiting to see what happens with Quinn Snyder or Doc Rivers? I'm hoping they are really digging in and trying to find the best coach for this job. That that has been the rumor that's been out there was that the Lakers are slow playing this whole coaching search in part because they can because the only other option is the Charlotte Hornets. So there's not a lot of competition out there for coaches so they can take their time. But also because they're waiting to see what happens with Doc Rivers. What they're waiting to see what happens with Quinn Snyder. They're, they're waiting to see who else gets out there on the market. They've already interviewed a lot of different people. But like you said, I, I think that you know, you're checking the no stone unturned box. But are you really considering those people? Or are you just kind of saying, well, who are our fallback options in case Doc or Quinn Snyder don't become available? I, and I don't know if that should be the approach. I like Darvin Ham a lot. I think he should be a real option for the Lakers, should be someone to consider. And I understand this whole idea of, well, you want a veteran coach or somebody who's at least got some head coaching experience. There's probably some merit to that. But I don't think that means you just dismiss the guys who would be first-time head coaches. I think it's something the Lakers can consider. We've seen it in recent years. First-time head coaches have found success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, if, if the guy's the right job, guy for the job, then then choose him. He, who cares if he was a head coach or not before? As, as long as he has respect of the guy's example, again, like a Darvin Ham, so, who has the respect and is going to command respect of the locker room. That's really, I think, the the only setback why teams may hold back on on hiring a new coach, a new head coach, is you know, wondering, hey, is this a guy that the team is going to follow? Or is he an assistant? You know, you need the guy that's going to command the respect of the locker room. And, um, you know, from what everything I've heard is Darvin Ham is, is a guy that has that respect. Um, you know, but I'm sure there's other guys out there. Um, I can't remember his name. They interviewed or requested to interview another guy from Milwaukee, uh, Carl uh, Lee. Lee. Charles Lee. Yeah. Charles yeah. Lee. Yeah. And, um, I started looking into him a little bit. Apparently, he was uh, really instrumental in designing the the offense in Milwaukee, and so that you know that's one of the reasons I wanted Quinn Snyder was I would love to see someone actually design an offense for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We haven't seen that, and uh, I think that can open up a lot of doors for uh, you know the scoring. I, I want to see a lot less. A guy standing around yeah. holding the ball or, or while someone's holding the ball and like, let's get some off ball movement. Let's get some, some options where, you know, if this play doesn't, if this play breaks down, we've got a backup and this guy gets the shot. And if that falls in, you get the shot. Like let's get some movement and, and really show some motion like some of these other teams do. Absolutely. And that's, that's been, I think the biggest selling point of like a Quinn Snyder or someone, someone of that caliber is that you get some of, of that, that offensive execution that we haven't seen in your, I mean, go back Byron Scott. It was a concern when Byron Scott was the coach. It was a concern when Luke Walton was the coach, the Lakers offense has not looked good in a long time, even winning a championship. They did that primarily with their defense. The offense this past season in particular, though, looked just out of ideas. Like they not only did the pieces not fit, but they couldn't figure out ways to generate shots. They, they, there wasn't enough creativity there if the ball wasn't with LeBron James. And so that's something that I would like to see as well. The offensive stagnation in terms of, look, if the ball is going to be in LeBron's hands, that's fine. But that doesn't mean everybody can just camp out behind the three-point line to spread the floor. Yeah, you need that shooting out there. But get some motion there. Do some things to free up some shooters and things like that. Have guys coming off of pin downs, things of that nature. We didn't see much of that with the Lakers this season, and I thought it was a problem with their offensive execution. Uh, we did get a super chat here from Oliver Villarreal, who said, Hey, Scorpio, my boy, keep it up, champ. <laughs> he said, he said, SCU later. And uh, he said, whenever you have a chance, TKO Westbrook for us, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I think Westbrook received enough master locks this season <laughs> that I don't, <laughs> I don't need to take care of him. Let's leave the poor guy alone. Uh, but I will help him pack his bags. And uh, and whether he's, uh, you know, I'm going to take him to LAX, whether his, his destination is Indiana or Charlotte <laughs> or somewhere else. I will gladly take him to the airport, drop him off, carry his bags to the to his gate for him, and and say thank you very much. It's been a uh, a season. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. A season. This is something that the Lakers Nation crew brought up. Speaking of Charlotte, um, I didn't think of this at first, but the the word came out that Frank Vogel interviewed in Charlotte for that for that job. I I don't think he's going to get that. I think he's a terrible fit there and I like Frank Vogel but I don't think that I think you have the same problems in Charlotte in terms of an offense team that doesn't play defense that you saw with with the Lakers this season but regardless if Frank Vogel got the Charlotte job does that just instantly kill the chances of a Westbrook trade to the Hornets I don't I don't think so um because we don't know what they would do with Westbrook anyway I mean I you know you kind of hear that they would potentially play Mm -hmm. him uh, but at the same time, you know, they could buy him out still. And and I don't know if Frank Vogel would come through the door, you know, with that type of baggage in the sense of like them thinking, oh, well, it didn't work over there. So we absolutely can't have these two guys in our right. locker room. You know, um, I think uh, it doesn't necessarily knock that out of whack. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have talked about the Indiana to Charlotte trade. Uh, which one are you leaning towards? Uh, those seem to be the, the the two most likely destinations. I, you know what, my my head tells me in terms of future flexibility. I like the Charlotte trade with Gordon Hayward because that gives you the most f- flexibility in the future. But in terms of which players do I want to see the most play on the Lakers next season, it's Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald, and it's and it's not particularly close. I've been a big fan of Malcolm Brogdon for a long time. I think his skill set is underrated. It's a great fit with LeBron. And Buddy Heald, just, there's that one that got away element to it of, hey, let's set things right. He was supposed to be a Laker last season. Let's go add Buddy Heald to the roster as we we depart from, uh, from Russell Westbrook. The question is, what does it cost? Do you have to give up future firsts and things to do it? That's where things start to get dicey. But um, yeah, I think my I would lean towards the Indiana uh, deal if uh, if I had to say. Buddy Heald is like that girl that you had perfect uh, chemistry with, but you guys were never really able to make it happen. And then maybe <laughs> years down the line, you run into each other and it's like, oh, hey, like and the magic hopefully is still there. Uh, I could, I could I agree with you. I, I really I've always loved Malcolm Brogdon, obviously love Buddy Heald. Uh, it's just seemed like he's been meant to be a Laker for so many years now, even before the failed trade. I mean, just for like the last two or three years, it just kind of felt like Buddy Heald is the type of guy that should be a Laker. And uh, and I think that would be a great trade. My problem with it is I believe Indiana would make us give up a yeah. lot. And when it comes down to are we doing Buddy Heald, um, Malcolm Brogdon and two future first round picks, or potentially Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, you know, or some combination of PJ Washington and and Kelly Oubre and yada yada yada, and maybe no picks or second round picks or maybe one pick. That makes me lean a little bit more towards Charlotte if that's the case. But they're kind of in a position where they can shop around um, because there are options, and I was very encouraged to find that there were so many Russell Westbrook options because even before the season ended, I was thinking to myself where the heck are we going to send him? Like, and for the, you know, we haven't even got to the, to the real off season yet. And uh, we've got all these every other day. It's like, Oh, this person might take him. This person might take him, you know? So, you know, I underestimated the value of a $47 million expiring contract. I still think teams are going to ask for more than just the expiring, but I'm hoping that Rob Palenka can, uh, can negotiate and get something Something worthwhile without paying too much. Those future firsts make me nervous just because of how far out they are, especially if those are unprotected. But we'll see what they ultimately do there. I still think, you know, there's been that rumor that's been going around that Phil Jackson wants to trade LeBron and keep Russell Westbrook. Uh, That came from Bill Plashy, the LA Times. I've talked a little bit about that, that the trade LeBron thing, I I don't think it's happening. Jeannie has already said, Jeannie Buss has already said she's not planning to trade LeBron, even if he doesn't sign that extension in August. But the part about Phil wanting to keep Russ that makes me a little bit nervous because I I feel like the Lakers 
you can't run it back with Russell Westbrook. You need to clear the air. You need to try to erase what you can from last season, and you need to start fresh. And bringing Russell Westbrook back, as difficult as it might be to trade him, just in terms of moving that contract and everything and finding a team to take him, I, I don't know that you can really bring him back and say, hey, we're actually competing this next year. It was not good, and even with even when all three guys were healthy, they just they still did not fit on the floor together. Yeah, you can't do it. Uh, Westbrook did get better later in the season, as he did in Washington, mm -hmm. and perhaps that's just the guy who he is now. He's going to be bad for half of the season, and then for the final thirty or forty games, he's going to be something close to what he used to be. That's not what we're looking for, though. I mean, he can do that somewhere else, and 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 I I really don't want to sound like I'm hating on Westbrook because I really do like him. I really do wish him the best, and I found myself a lot over the season feeling bad for him uh, because it's not like he's intentionally being bad. <laughs> it's just he just you know it, it, he's he's aging, he's deteriorating a little bit. And um, that being said, you know the report about trading LeBron, keeping Westbrook, or keeping Westbrook at all, I think it's just the, a bad move. It's not the move to make. Any option that comes up that I hear involving trade LeBron, let's trade Anthony Davis and LeBron, I don't want to hear about it anymore because like, I keep hearing people talk about, oh, you know, maybe we should stop delaying the rebuild mm -hmm. and go right into it now. And it drives me crazy hearing it because the only thing – trading LeBron and Anthony Davis is going to do right now is get the New Orleans Pelicans the best lottery pick we can possibly give them because they've got us they've got a swap next year and they can pick between 24 and 25 uh, which pick they want those years so that's two years right there you know that potentially three that we really shouldn't tank because if we get the number one pick because we're so bad guess what they yeah. get it um and so it, it, it just doesn't make sense. And then you can say, oh, well, you're going to get some picks back in the trade. I'm not sure you would. I, you know, I don't know how many teams would give up real, real value for one year of LeBron James who could walk away in a year. You know, I, I, I don't know what value you're going to get. And even if you do get three first round picks, he's probably going to go to a good team. Mm -hmm. So. There you go. You get the 30th overall pick for the next three years. So I just I don't like any idea of, of any of a rebuild now. I think you ride it out for, you know, the next two, three years with LeBron or however long you're going to have him and try to be competitive, be good, win a championship. If you can't win a championship, at least be interesting. Mm -hmm. And and then if you have to rebuild, then at least we're done with this deal with New Orleans and and we'll see where we are with the Westbrook deal, but we'll we'll have hopefully possession of our picks. Yeah, that's a rant. I'm, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's on point. I think that that a lot of people saying start the rebuild are just they're looking for something different. They want to see something. They want to see not what we saw this last season, and that's understandable. But sometimes we can overcorrect. We see something going poorly, and we jerk the wheel so hard the other direction that we wind up going into the wall the other way. Um, that's kind of what I feel like starting a rebuild now would be just like we can say look the lakers they didn't have enough shooting in the playoffs two seasons ago so this past season they went ahead and added as many shooters as they could right you can say well they didn't have a guy to really run the ship when lebron was off the floor and that was a problem then they went and sacrificed a lot of their depth in order to get russell westbrook they did there was a lot of overcorrecting, and i think that's what what starting a rebuild now would be it would just be man this was so awful we don't want to do this again Let's just go the complete opposite direction. Let's not worry about winning games. Let's rebuild. Like you said, you don't have your own picks, which that's a problem when you're trying to rebuild the team and you're trying to go through kind of maybe a down cycle. That's going to be a problem for them. And then what is it that you're really getting? What are you getting in return? Is Are those things worth giving up a shot with LeBron James, right? A chance to potentially win. If everything goes right, the Lakers fix everything this summer, and they win a championship next year. Now, is that the likely outcome? Eh, I mean, maybe not. But still, you'd have to say that most likely they're going to be better than they were this season, especially if they can find pieces that fit. So I think staying the course and making minor corrections to the things that happened last offseason is certainly preferable to a full rebuild because going, going and, and making that big of a correction to what happened is just what is the same thing that got you into problems to begin with, to this whole situation to begin with. So we'll see ultimately how they play it out. But if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm not completely blowing this up 
at this point. Now, maybe in 2023, if LeBron walks away next summer, LeBron says, you know what? I'm not signing an extension. I'm going to walk away. Okay. Okay. Then you can talk about what does the future look like? How do we build for that? All of that sort of stuff. How do we get around not having these picks? Everything like that. But I think they've got to give it another shot this year and see if putting better pieces around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, pieces that make sense, can actually get them where they want to go. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's that's the way to do it. And uh, if that is the case, hey, you know, you can move Anthony Davis at that point as well. And you could probably hopefully get some good value back. And the 2024 free agency class looks really good to me. So you could still be competitive. My question uh, is keeping these two guys healthy. I, I want to know, I'm hoping the Lakers are are taking some sort of action whether it be bringing in new medical staff or whatever it is, we, we want to keep Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the floor, which is something that we have not been able to do. I am someone that believes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Health is the biggest problem with this team. Even with Westbrook, even with having nothing but specialists that only shoot, I truly believe if we had LeBron James and Anthony Davis for 75 games, we're not winning a championship, but we're a much, much better basketball team. It almost doesn't matter who's around those two guys because they are so good when they're on the court and healthy together that it just works. So they, the biggest concern for me, uh, I, I'm not that worried about putting the team together. I believe they're going to put together a good team, a competitive team, uh, but health. What can they do to keep these guys healthy? Yeah, I mean, really, this is two seasons in a row that they haven't been healthy, and there's been a big difference. I thought two seasons ago when we had, you know, we had Marcus Gasol, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, that team showed when they're healthy, they're really good. One of the best teams in the NBA. This year's team showed even when healthy, they're not that good. So, but, yeah. but still, the bottom line is this is now two seasons in a row that have been decimated with injuries, two major injuries to Anthony Davis this year. And so staying healthy is going to be incredibly important and difficult too. When we're talking about a 38-year-old LeBron James next year, that's not easy to, to stay healthy when, you're, when you've got uh, father time working against you there. And then on top of that, Anthony Davis has, has this long history of injuries as well. So, But that makes it all the more important that you've got to hit your free agent signings and your trades. The Lakers had way too many misses in free agency. Some of the older players who just weren't able to contribute uh, you've got to have those guys hit. Otherwise, if you do have a guy get hurt, you just you spiral because you don't have any kind of a cushion there in the form of useful role players that can step in and give you real minutes, which the Lakers used to have. They don't right now. We'll see if they can add some more of those this summer. Yeah, I'm of the belief that the era of the super team is just going yes. away. And it's because every team has so much depth. And I'm not sure there's ever been... I don't know if the gap between a superstar and a really good role player has ever been so thin. You've got role players now that can come in and drop 30 off the bench. Uh, there's, so you look at Memphis. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't even need John Morant, and they're, they're a great basketball team. Like There are so many teams that are built really well from top to bottom that you can't really have those teams where it's just top-heavy and then guys at the bottom. So I'm hoping that the Lakers have learned that and they go back to the type of team they had last year and the year before that where you got some depth. You've got your two superstars at the top, and then you've got some really good players that, you know, the notches drop the lower you get. But, you know, you've got some depth and you've got some, some rotations that you can put in. And one thing I want to say that is off of this mm -hmm. subject 
is to Laker fans, don't panic. <laughs> because I, I watch a lot of shows, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot of stories. And one thing when it comes to all of this is doom and gloom and the Lakers sell so well. If you go back to the summer of 2019 when we traded for Anthony Davis and Magic mm -hmm. quit and we had no coach and there was all this, the Lakers don't have a coach. They don't have a team. They don't have a, a, a front office that's competent of doing anything. And who's Rob Plinka and what has he done before? And blah, 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 blah. A lot of the same questions and, and criticisms that we are having right now happened the summer before we won the NBA championship. So things can turn fairly quickly. And I remember going into that season and before they put the team together, I remember thinking, I was like, oh gosh, like it's almost embarrassing to be a Lakers fan right now. Like we're really taking a hit publicly, but look what happened. So it, it is possible. We, we don't have to like just assume that we're going to be a bad team for the next 10 years or five years. And we just have to wait this LeBron thing out. Like we can turn this around. This is possible. And we can, we still could, believe it or not, win a championship in the next year or two. They just have to make the right moves and they have to hit home runs this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. You know, I look back on things and, you know, my, my background is in history. So I tend to look at things from that perspective. You take a few steps back and you think you remove yourself from what I think has been the worst season ever. The worst season in Lakers history, particularly relative to expectations. It's easy to get caught in the muck of, of that. But when you step back and you remember... This last offseason, it didn't go according to plan, right? Obviously, things things did not work out for the Lakers. The, th the decisions they made did not work out at all. Uh, worse than anyone could have expected. Go back one summer, though, from there, and the Lakers, according to executives around the NBA, made the best moves of the offseason, and they were the reigning champs because they added Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, they added Marcus Gasol, they added Wesley Matthews, they brought back guys like Markeith Morris. The Lakers improved that summer. Now, again, injuries derailed that team, but we're not that far removed from the Lakers making the moves that made every other general manager around the NBA envious of the fact that you had the reigning champs now adding even more firepower to their roster. It feels like it was a lifetime ago, but it wasn't that long ago. They've really made mistakes one summer. Now, can they undo that? Can they fix this? Can they snap out of whatever decision-making coma they were in last summer and fix it this year? I don't think that answer is a definite no. I know a lot of people on here just want to pile the dirt on them at this point. I don't think we're we're there yet. I think the Lakers can still fix this, but ultimately it comes down to winning. Winning cures all, like we always say. They have to nail the coaching hire. They have to trade Russell Westbrook and get back hopefully a couple of really good rotation players, whether it is a Buddy and a Brogdon or it's a Rozier and a Gordon Hayward or you know P.J. Washington, whatever it is. Bring back a couple of good players. And then let's not forget, I don't know how the other people view this, but there have been many times over the last couple of years during free agency where news comes out and my thinking is like, oh my God, how'd they get that guy? Malik Monk was one of them. I, I saw Malik Monk mm -hmm. coming. I, I when, when they got him for the veteran minimum, my, my I was whole oh, Uncle Rob, how did you do it? Like, you know, and, and, and the year before that, it was like, oh, wow, Danny Green – Bring in Dennis Schroeder. That's a great deal. And, oh, my God, how did they sign Montrez Harrell? Like, there have been really good moves made over the last year that are kind of – over the last couple of years that have been kind of slept on. And so we just need to get back to that. We need to not forget that and, and really, really hope for the best that the Lakers need to nail the coaching hire first. That's, that's again, I yeah. um, can't reiterate that enough. They need to nail the coaching hire. And uh, they need to find a good trade for Russell Westbrook, the best trade that, where we don't have to give up so many dang assets. And then let things roll from there. You know, you're gonna, you've got an MLE. You've got veteran minimum contracts. There are guys out there that you can get for one of those contracts, a veteran minimum or MLE, you know, uh, Gary Harris types that can come sure. in and really contribute and, um, you know, hopefully find some wings. And, and, and I'd like to see uh, some sort of a serviceable big come in and get Anthony Davis back to the four where he's comfortable so he's not, you know, playing out of position so much, so much you know. And I know he's a great five, mm -hmm. but let's play him where he's comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, let's get him where he wants to be. And he'll finish games at the five, but let's start him at the four and let's bring in somebody that, you know, 
who can maybe shoot maybe like a Gorgi Dang or a Gorgi Jang. I can't really say his name yep. that well. Someone that can like shoot a little bit would, would, would yeah. be nice and eat up a few of those minutes at the five. And hey, we'd be rolling. So uh, I've got Joan Olivar with the Super Chat said, Doc Rivers staying in Philly is the best Lakers news I've heard all season. So there's that on the on the coaching front. Uh, Mamba Mentality also chimed in with the Super Chat said, don't wait, uh, get the coach now and start the system. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about what you do with Anthony Davis. Do you play him at the four or the five? A lot of that's going to be determined by the coach, right? So is it is there a big rush to get the coach in and, and then make that decision? Or do you think the Lakers front office should just say, you know what, I don't care who's coaching, AD at the four makes more sense. And then if you do that, as a follow-up question here, Scorpio, if you do that, let's say you bring in AD and you say, AD, you're going to be the four, do you need to find a five who can shoot the three? Because Anthony Davis shot, what, 18% or so? from three last season, or are you counting on him to get his three-point percentage up and you're okay bringing in a big who doesn't shoot, like a, like a Damian Jones or someone like that, who doesn't shoot the three? What, how do you feel about all that? My thinking is this. Uh, I'm, I'm not in a rush to get the coach, uh, but now we've heard Doc Rivers is staying. Uh, there was another thing that came out that led a lot of people to believe Quinn Snyder is staying. Mm-hmm. So the two guys that you were waiting for are gone. They're off the table seemingly right now. So hopefully they can dig in and find the right coach. That's first and foremost. I think whether he plays the four or the five should be up to that coach and Anthony Davis. Uh, I personally, you know, I remember an interview when when we got DeAndre Jordan and he said uh, right after he showed up for the first time, Anthony Davis thanked him. He was like, well, well, thank me for what? And he's like, oh, it was like, I don't have to play center anymore. <laughs> it's like he clearly doesn't want to play right. center. Let's put him at the four. Now the question um, of, on does do we need to find a shooting center or not? I don't think we have to as long as we've got your your one, two, and three can shoot. If you've got a point guard, shooting guard, or shooting guard and, and small forward, which was LeBron, obviously, if they can shoot, I think we're okay. That's pretty much the team we had in the 1920 season um, with JaVale McGee mm-hmm. or Dwight Howard playing center. If you can, and, and Damian Jones is a guy, I, he would definitely be on my list. I think if nothing else, he's our backup, whatever yeah. it is. He's a great pickup. Um, they should definitely get after him. Um, but yeah, if you can find a shooting big, that makes it even better. Even if it's a guy that is, you know, kind of going to be a power forward big, a Mike Muscala, you know, uh, like I said, a Gorgie, Gorgie Jang, even DeMarcus Cousins can hit the three a little mm-hmm. bit. You just need someone that the, uh, the defense is going to respect from the three-point line. So the lane opens up a little bit. When you find a shooting big, obviously it's not necessarily about finding a guy that's going to shoot 40% from three. You just want someone that, that they don't just leave wide open who's going to be at least respectable enough that spreads the floor a little bit. And now when Anthony Davis needs to go to work, LeBron needs to go to work, they can get to the rim. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, and, and I'm in agreement with that. I think you're, you're spot on too with, in terms of floor spacing, you don't have to have a guy who shoots 42% from three. I mean, it helps, like, that's great. But if you have a guy who shoots league average from three, that's all you have to do. You have to be able to shoot league average because we're not necessarily talking about is this guy going to make every single three that he gets. It's more about does the defense care that this guy is standing out there. So when you say you need a one, two, and a three that all can shoot the three, we know LeBron can. Russell Westbrook is not that guy to play the one then in that that system. If you're going to go get a Damian Jones or someone like that, you can't really put Russ out there on the floor with AD, with LeBron, with whoever you put in at, at the two. That's just not going to work out. So... I think that just means it's if you decide you're committing to Anthony Davis being the four or playing more minutes at the four, I think that just makes it all the more necessary that you move Russell Westbrook because otherwise your five, if Russ is your one, your five pretty much has to shoot the three at a really high level. And I just think finding that guy is going to be particularly difficult. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And and that's why I really lean uh, and like these this Indiana and Charlotte deal, mm-hmm. particularly the if the Charlotte deal, if you do that, I want Terry Rozier. Um, yeah. Because now, whether it's Indiana, you got your point guard, you got Malcolm Brogdon, he can shoot, he can defend. Terry Rozier would be your point guard if you go uh, Charlotte, he can defend, he can shoot. Um, now you got Buddy Heald as well, he can shoot. Or you've got uh, Gordon. 
Gordon Hayward, who I would be, probably bring off the bench, but he'd finish games. But then you can go get Gary Harris, who can shoot. You do the Indiana deal, you can still get Gary Harris. Um, you surround them with shooters. And, um, you know, who knows? If it's the Indiana deal, if there's some kind of way they can loop in THT and, and maybe they do give up the picks and, and they can get, you know, Miles Turner, uh, that might be a good deal. I mean, would yeah, you do that? that? Would you do the 27 and the 29 if you can get Miles Turner with Buddy and Brogdon? I don't think the Pacers will move him, but I think that's you know, that's something you got to consider if you're the Lakers. If that's out there and you can add those three pieces while subtracting Russ from your roster, that's that's pretty interesting, right? To suddenly have, I mean, talk about a no-fly zone around the basket. If you had Anthony Davis and Miles Turner together out there on the floor, not sure you could worry about, you know, are they going to get spaced out and put in pick and roll and, and all that sort of stuff? Okay, that's fair. But the Lakers, when they won, the 1920 team, they were bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. A starting lineup of Miles Turner, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James is massive to begin with. Then you throw in Malcolm Brogdon, who's got good size, Buddy Heald, who can certainly shoot the basketball. That's that's a pretty exciting starting five to me, and I I would be I would be in for it. Doesn't that kind of sound bigger, uh, faster, stronger? Doesn't that kind of sound like the current Boston Celtics? Oh, I hate that. I it's hate that we can long. make that connection, but yes, <laughs> yes, I hate it too. But fortunately, it looks like they're on their way. Oh, but, let's go, Bucks! Um, game six. Yeah, I mean. They remind me of that 2019-2020 uh, season. They're big, they're long, and they defend their butts off. Whether their shots are falling or not, they defend, and they hustle. They have guys diving for balls. How many guys did we have diving for loose balls this season? I can't think of one. You know, maybe Austin Reeves. That's, sure. that's probably it. Um, you know, I miss that hustle. And I miss the physicality that this team had. And and if we can make a couple of moves and bring some of that back, I mean, we can have a completely different season in team than we we will not forget. Like we will not um, we will not be so we will forget this current season as quickly as we possibly can because we'll have such good basketball in front of us. Winning cures everything, just like just like we've been saying. You win, and that will fix a lot of the the. Uh, I don't know, the sentiment around the team right now. We do need to take a, a short break for our sponsor here, Athletic Greens. So we will be back in three minutes, everybody. Quick sh- three-minute break, and then we'll be right back at it. We'll see you then. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because, for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I I run into. And I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1 but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable. In the afternoons, I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional 
insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we are back. Let's talk a little THT. Taylor Horton Tucker, Ozzy from YouTube, says... Trevor, would you trade Taylor Horton Tucker for Contavious Caldwell Pope? So I guess let, let's start there and then let's talk a little bit about THT and, you know, if, is it just trade bait? What can he be next season? Uh, but we'll start with the, with the question there. Scorpio Sky, what do you think? Taylor Horton Tucker for KCP. If you could do that swap, do you do it? A couple months ago in my little Lakers group chat that uh, I'm in when we watch games, I renamed him THT. Trade him today. <laughs> I would absolutely trade him for Contavious Caldwell Pope. I was not a KCP hater, man. I liked him. He played hard, he defended, and he hit threes. Uh, that's the type of guy you want, man. And, and he didn't need to be a superstar, and he knew he wasn't a superstar. He played. He was a superstar in his role. I think that's what Frank Vogel yep. used to say. Um, I would love to have him back. Uh, I, I, I hope they move trade him today this <laughs> this summer i hate to say that i mean it's it's kind of mean you know i he's a young guy and he's just trying to learn the game and play hard but um it's just he's not in the timeline with this team right now and and i don't think he's the type of guy that like you know we hoped he was but it's not like oh we can't trade him because in five years he might be a superstar i don't think he will i think he's he's probably getting pretty close to who he's going to be and uh, so I and I can I, I'm fine with walking away from that. I think there's a decent chance that and I mean, this isn't, you know, anything surprising because he's 21 years old. But there's a pretty decent chance that a few years from now, we're looking at THT and we're saying, OK, this guy's this guy's pretty good. You know, he's got an interesting skill set. Uh, he's got, of course, the physical profile. He's got, you know, six, four with the seven, three wingspan or whatever that's at. Uh, maybe seven, one wingspan. But in any event, THT may be something a few years from now. But just because of that doesn't mean that you shouldn't move him now because the Lakers might need to win right now, and they do. They need to find a way to win. So if, if that trade was on the table for me, if Washington said, hey, we'll give you KCP, you just got to give us Taylor Horton Tucker, I would say yes. I mean, I, I think KCP is exactly what the Lakers need in terms of 3 and D-style players. Now, he's more of a guard than a wing, and I think the Lakers need wings. But KCP, we know, fits great with LeBron James. And so, yeah, maybe you're sacrificing that potential upside of, of Taylor Horton Tucker, but I'm doing that trade in a heartbeat. I still think THT can be a good player down the line. I still think the Lakers also did him a disservice by putting him alongside Russell Westbrook. They made him their fourth highest paid player and then said, well, you're going to play with Russell Westbrook, who you fit with worse than anything. You know, it, it didn't make a lot of sense as far as that goes. But... All that being said, I still think a trade is probably the correct path for the Lakers this summer, depending on what you can get, depending on what you can get. And there's a, there's a lot of teams out there that aren't going to give a lot for THT because he was so bad this season. It's possible they have to go into next season with him, have him uh, really show something, and then look to move him maybe around the trade deadline if there just aren't enough suitors this summer. Yeah, but we can't be afraid to move no. him. You know, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people are afraid of like, oh, what if he becomes... Uh, fine he may you know that's okay um he i believe he will be a really good basketball player in, in the next couple of years but um he's not a guy that we can't refine like one thing the lakers are great at is finding talent um you know they found jordan clarkson somewhere i believe he was like the 45th or 46th pick in the draft and it might have been a pick they bought 
Uh, yeah. Same with Larry Nance Jr., Kyle Kuzma, second round pick, I think, or late first. Those late first. Uh, late yep. first. Okay. Uh, Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, they can. The list goes on and on and on. The one thing the Lakers do not suck at is finding talent, and they can find another THT, I believe. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, if we can find, you know, you're right. We may have to go into the next season with him so he can kind of redeem his value. He was kind of getting into shape late in the season. Like he was playing better. He was starting to hit shots. And so hopefully he can carry that over. And maybe we have to move him during the season. But uh, I think, you know, the move, it is definitely the right move to try to find some sort of trade for him. At, at some point, trade him today will be the correct the correct course of, of action at some point this summer. Uh, and technically, the Lakers can make trades right now. They're not in the playoffs. You're allowed to make trades. You just don't typically see trades made until the playoffs are over or sometimes even into the finals you'll see them. But it's usually closer to the draft that you see trades made. I've had people asking me that lately. Can the Lakers make a trade right now? Yeah, they can with any team that's not in the playoffs. And that list obviously is growing as we get farther into the playoffs. It's just not typically what you what you see. Uh, Jay Aquino Comedy said, it's our TNT champ. No question. Just good to see. <laughs> I'll actually be wrestling pretty soon on on, uh, on TNT. Uh, Rampage is on right now. But <laughs> don't tell AEW I'm kind of rivaling them with this <laughs> show. So. <laughs> are, you, are you pulling a Rick Rude here and you're showing up on Monday Nitro and Raw on the same night? Is that is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sting, that is a great reference. Yeah, I'm doing it both. I'm in two places at once and, and having a lot of fun doing it, so it's all right. <laughs> um, Eric from YouTube says, THT can't shoot or play defense. You know what? The defense thing was kind of, I, I blame the Lakers for that. Um, he, said, he said, I hope he's traded for a tall athletic 3 and D wing. So the Lakers came into the season saying, THT, you're going to be our, our wing stopper and put that out publicly that he was going to be their best perimeter defender now. And that's and we all said, eh, can he do that? And, you know, is that putting too much on a 21-year-old? The answer was yes, it was putting too much on a 21-year-old. And to assume that he could suddenly become their Alex Caruso or KCP role was asking way too much of him. So defensively, he can't right now, but physically his profile is good to be a good defender. He's got a lot to learn there, though. Uh, as far as trading for a tall athletic 3 and D wing, what about that trade that almost went down at the trade deadline. Not to say he's a 3 and D wing, but Cam Reddish was on his way. It was going to be a Laker. It was Cam Reddish and Alec Burks. THT would have been going out and uh, he would have been going to Toronto and the Knicks and the Raptors couldn't figure out the draft picks in the deal and that ultimately caused it to fall apart. Is that the kind of trade you'd like to see for THT, getting a younger, bigger wing like that? I was really excited when I found out about that. I mean, I was—I have a good friend of mine who's a, a huge Knicks fan, and he loves Cam Reddish, and so I know he would have been hurt by it. So I couldn't have celebrated too much, but uh, I, I would have loved to. I think Burks could have brought a lot of value to us, and I and I, I've liked Cam Reddish for a couple of years now, and I, I think that trade could still get revisited in some way, shape, or form once uh, Kendrick Nunn officially opts in and. You know, we'll have the salary of THT. I think we we may still see something along those lines, or it could be with Toronto. And this is two straight years Toronto has tried to trade for Taylor and Horton yep. Tucker. So, I mean, I wish they had something that they would give up that we want. Like, they're not going to send us Gary Trent Jr. Um, but if they have something, you know, I, I I can't off the top of my head. I'm thinking over their roster. You know, there's there's things that like we would want that they wouldn't give, and then the stuff that they would probably give. I'm not sure we want. But if they can find some sort of a three team trade like they were doing, where we send THT to Toronto, and maybe we get Cam Reddish or a guy like that from another team, and preferably it'd be great if we can get a couple pieces out of it, or maybe a pick or two, even if it's a second. I can see that kind of trade happening. Um, as a matter of fact, I can see that happening on draft night. If, if THT goes out and the uh, Lakers get something back and get a, a second round pick or uh, maybe a late first or something, and um, if nothing else, I know I'm pretty sure they're going to buy a second round pick. Um, they're not going to sit on their hands or they'll find someone who goes undrafted. But I can see something like that happening. Yeah, I agree. You know what? I, I'm looking at the Raptors roster as well, and I don't see a lot that jumps out at me. Obviously, they're not giving up. Uh, they're not giving up Scotty Barnes. They're not giving up, you know, anybody like that. Kem Birch is, is up there salary-wise, $6.6 .6 If you need a big, you could do do worse than that. But 
But I think it is something worth noting because this is something that we talk about a lot, Keith Smith and I do over on the NBA front office show, is that the moves that don't get completed, the rumors that you hear at the trade deadline, what you don't want to do is just dismiss those, they're gone, the trade deadline passed, forget about them. No, what, what often happens is the conversations that start at the trade deadline, maybe they don't get a deal done, but then in the summer, all it takes is one phone call to revisit those talks. So it wouldn't shock me if the Raptors are still interested in Taylor Horton Tucker and who knows, maybe a three-team deal comes together or something like that. So something to file away that look, the Raptors have historically had interest in Taylor Horton Tucker. If the Lakers put them on the market this summer, which we expect them to do, maybe that's a potential landing spot. Again, not obvious right now, nothing jumping off the screen as far as what they could actually trade him for. But again, maybe you can rope in some other teams and, and get something done that way. So Something to remember when we look at the trade deadline is players that teams have been interested in in the past, that can often transfer over to the summer. If they can find a way, Lakers, Uncle Rob, in this, like, you know, maybe it's part of the Westbrook deal or something, but you get THT, you get Toronto, you loop in Houston, and you get Christian Wood mm -hmm. to the Lakers. My guy. Or none. And THT going to Toronto. Toronto sends maybe a pick or two with Kim Birch to uh, Houston. I mean, hey, there we go, right there. Like something <laughs> yep. like that, you know. I, and it doesn't have to be that exact deal, but I would love to see something like that happen. And hopefully, it will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some opportunities to maybe maybe do something along those lines. I would like to see it as well. I thought Christian Wood next to Anthony Davis would make a lot of sense. I've thought that for a little while now. Uh, Mr. Easley, with the super chat, said Scorpio. What wrestler do you know that is also a great basketball player? The Young Bucks. Okay. Uh, those guys, uh, I like. We'll, we'll play. I call them Young Buckets. Like those guys can knock down shots, man. They're really good. Like they, if I'm gonna play a pickup game, I want them on my team. Do you guys play pickup often? Yeah, yeah. Funny story. We were doing. Um, I don't remember what city we were in, uh, but like a month or two ago. Uh, we were we were doing dynamite, and uh, I think it was the night Cody wrestled Sammy in a ladder match, and uh, I didn't know I was supposed to be involved in the segment at all. So like, I'm on the other side of the arena. They had a basketball court, um, like a training area where where the college team plays, and I'm over there with the young bucks, and we're shooting and we're playing horse and like working up a real sweat, and I'm like I'm dripping, and then someone comes sprinting over, as we're about to go live in five minutes. And so I was like, hey, you need to be in your spot. And I was like, oh, what spot? I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I grabbed my stuff and I'm like running across the arena. And it was just a shot in the uh, bleachers that they wanted to get. Me. <laughs> so like I'm running up there, getting up there. I'm sweating, put my sunglasses on, trying to look all cool. <laughs> and, I'm just, and really, I'm like. It's <laughs> 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 really funny. But yeah, the Young Bucks, man, they, those guys are really good. That's that's a pretty good one. So you need to uh, you, need, you need to win a little game of a horse against them or something, and then go do your TV spot just in time. I like it. I like it. Yeah, the, the t being on television kind of gets in the way of your little basketball game that you're playing right. sometimes. <laughs> um, and back in the Kevin Nash was a wasn't he a college basketball player? I believe. I think he, he was. Played it, played college. And actually, our current TBS champion, Jay Cargill, uh -huh. she was a college basketball uh -huh. player. I don't know if you've seen her, but she's a specimen. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, she's big and she's tall and she's she's really strong. And she was, I think, a pretty high-level basketball player. There we go. We need to get, we need to get maybe for Summer League or something like that, we need to get a, a pickup game going. That, that would be a lot of fun. That would be yeah, we'll get myself and Alan Sliwa on the court together for the for the first time there. Finally, since that's been that's been going around for years, people <laughs> have been trying to make that happen. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, let's see. Dennis said from YouTube said, "Remember, Toronto has a great eye, eye for talent, so there's a reason they've wanted Taylor Horton Tucker two years in a row." But I would love to see them get Cam back from New York. So yeah, I mean, does that? Does that add any kind of reluctance to part with Taylor Horton Tucker if it's the Raptors saying, hey, we, we really like him? I mean, is that is that a thing? Like, It's like if you're getting a, a compliment uh, in the NFL, right? And you've got a certain team that's, that's after you. Let's say, I don't know, not that I love this team or anything, but Bill Belichick and then the Patriots really love a player. Maybe not a wide receiver in the draft or anything, but otherwise, if there's a player they really like, does that add a little bit of... Uh, of credibility to the, the talent evaluation there? No, no, I, I 
want that. I wish more teams thought he was great. <laughs> and, uh, and, and if he gets traded there, I hope he plays really well and they enjoy it because you don't want to be that team that's always pulling one on the other teams because guys don't want to do trades with teams like that. You know, like, no, I don't trust you. You know, you're going to send me some damaged goods. Uh, so that doesn't give me any hesitation at all. Like when we traded Brandon Ingram, I knew he was going to become what he mm-hmm. was. Uh, same thing with Lonzo Ball and D'Angelo Russell and a lot of these guys, although D'Lo's kind of taken a hit lately. But all these guys I thought were really, really good and were going to be really, really good. You can't really operate that way. You you want to, like, sure, yeah, he's good. he could be great in three, four, five years. That's fine, but we need to um, we need to be great now. Yeah, that, and that's certainly fair. Uh, last thing I've got, this is something I've been looking at. It's been a little while since I felt like the Lakers have really won a trade. It feels like they've had a lot of deals where they've thrown in the extra value. Can maybe say the Dennis Schroeder trip, which obviously didn't work, but at the time, value-wise, made a lot of sense. How, how confident are you when it comes to the Russell Westbrook trade that the Lakers are going to pull off a deal that helps the team and doesn't just put them further in the in the hole? Uh, I, I'm pretty confident. Honestly, uh, I, I do believe we won that Dennis Schroeder trade. Um, it, you know, Danny Green is he's still a good basketball player. He but... loved Danny Green, by the way. That's that was awful. That injury last night and, and now that we got the confirmation of a torn ACL today. Brutal, brutal. Oh, wow. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Torn. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Hopefully, I, hopefully he has a speedy recovery and, and a full recovery. And, you know, we know that shot's not going anywhere, yeah. though. So he, he'll still be able to come back and, and be strong. But, you know, he's still very good. And, uh, but, you know, at the time, if you look, you're the second uh, the runner up for sixth man of the year. And we needed a point guard. We were losing Rondo and, and we were losing uh, Avery Bradley. And so, I mean, I thought that was a trade that we won. Yeah, we gave up a pick to do it. But if you looked at the two guys, their value at the time, you needed to send that pick to get Dennis yes. Schroeder. Uh, his value was much higher than Danny Green's at the time. Um, I, you know, I believe we won, the, we won the Anthony Davis trade. You know, we, we gave up a lot, obviously, but we won a championship. And we've got one of the best players in the league on our team. Uh, so that was a win. Um, I hope that whatever they deal they do for Westbrook, you know, I, I've heard you say this on the show before. We, we should not have had to give up a first to get Russell Westbrook. Um, so obviously that, that trade was a, a big loss. Uh, but whatever trade we do do, uh, whether we have to give up, if we have to give up any kind of first, I hope they put some protections on yeah. it. Um, it would be great if they can get a second back. Or, or two or whatever um, and get some value back even on the side of the players. But before anything else, put some protections on those because we are looking at 2027 and 2029. And, um, you know, we hope to never see those picks because if they, you know, lottery protect them, you know, we don't want to be in the lottery at that time anyway, but you still have to cover your rear end and, and hopefully they'll put some protections on it and we'll be all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. If you can put protections on those picks, I would feel a lot more comfortable with trading them. Uh, Vector Nova said with a super chat, all the playoff teams right now have been built with homegrown talent. I think that's what we need to do. I get what Scorpio is saying, but I think trading THT is going to be a massive mistake. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair if if we wind up with, if Taylor Torrent Tucker winds up being a really, really good player a few years from now, maybe the Lakers regret it, but I also understand that look, it's it, they're in a situation where they have to win right now. LeBron James is going to be 38. It's not like you can wait for a few years for Taylor Horton Tucker to be become the guy that you think he's going to be. Yeah, and I, I I have heard people say you know that make that point before. It's like oh, it's all homegrown talent. I really don't think that has anything to do with it. Uh, whether you draft a really good team from top to bottom or you put together a really good team from top to bottom, it doesn't mean that that team that's drafted is automatically going to be better than that team that you put together. The idea is putting together a good team from top to bottom. Uh, It's hard to do, you know, especially when you have a couple of guys making as much money as LeBron and AD make, but it is possible. They've done it. And, um, you know, Hey, listen, Phoenix, they might make it to the finals this year. They made it to the finals last year. We were up two one on Mm -hmm. them. 
with a team that was put together. And you could say whatever you want. I, I truly, truly believe it, without injury, with, if AD doesn't go down, we we get past them and we probably go to the finals. We may have lost to the Bucks. We may have beat them. I don't know. But I think uh, health played a big factor in that. And, um, you know, we just – that can hurt any team. Health can is, is a concern from top to bottom anyway. Absolutely. Yep, I agree with that. Jose Ortiz said Kelly Olenek and Gary Harris would be solid. Yeah, I mean, those are some shooting options for you. I think Gary Harris – you know, he made, what, $20 million or something this year, but next season obviously isn't going to get that. If you pick up a young guard like like him, that might help, particularly if you do wind up losing Malik Monk. The Lakers, Lakers will be looking for some help at the guard position. And then uh, Draco said, THT to the Pels for Graham. It's a win-win. On, on the surface, like, Devontae Graham didn't, didn't play as much as the Pelicans were thinking he would, so I get that. But the Pelicans, they have a vested interest in making sure the Lakers stay bad. So I have a feeling that any move that they felt could help the Lakers, they're going to have, even if it helps them a little bit, they're not going to want to do anything like that because they want those Lakers picks to be as high as possible. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do any trade with us unless it's a like home run. It makes them so much better than it does for us. I mean, if we wanted to trade them Anthony Davis back for Devontae Graham, they'd do it. <laughs> Begrudgingly, they would do it. They would accept him back back into town. <laughs> yeah, they, they want us to be as bad as possible, uh, especially in these next few years, because I believe after this year, we owe them two more picks, and that's it. We've got a pick swap with them next yes. year, and then they get to pick which which is a crazy deal. Somehow they're like, yeah, 2024, 2025, pick whatever yeah, year whichever you want. One you like, want. They can pick. So that's, and that's, that's the LeBron factor right there. So 2023, that pick swap, that could be something. It could also be nothing. It could be completely worthless. If the Lakers are better than the Pelicans next season, then it's worthless. Um, but the 2024 or 2025 thing, if LeBron leaves in 2023, then they probably take the 2024 pick. If he doesn't, if he does a one plus one deal and everybody knows in 2024, he's going to go wherever Bronny gets drafted, then the Pelicans will probably wait and they'll want the 2025 pick. They're just waiting to see when LeBron ultimately walks away from the Lakers and then they'll probably want the pick that particular year. So it's, yeah, it's it's one of those crazy parts of the AD trade where it almost feels like they just threw it in at the end. Like, well, we, we can't decide whether we want 2024 or 25. How about you just give us the option to pick whichever one we want, and then we'll go, and then we'll do the deal. And the Lakers said, well, okay. And now here we are, where this could end up being a pretty big deal if uh, LeBron only has at most two years left in L.A. It's like when you're buying a car or you're leasing a car or something, and you, you've been there for hours, and you've gone through all the mm -hmm. process, and you're signing the paperwork, and everything's done. You're so ready to leave. And then at the last minute, they're like, oh, yeah, do you want, like, oil changes? Like, you're definitely going to want oil changes. <laughs> you know, they the, try to the upsell. something on the back end, and then they, they, they upsell you. You know, next thing you know, you're paying an extra $100 a month. And at that point, you're just like, whatever, just give it to me. I want to leave. <laughs> you know, like, that's what it was, I think. But do you have any idea when they have to decide? Is it, like, by the draft of 2024 I, when they have to decide or is there type of, is there a deadline? There is a deadline. I don't have it in front of me exactly when it is, but they have to, they have to give the Lakers notice on which one they're going to take. But I, I would have to do some digging to figure out exactly when they have to decide by, I know that's going to become a bigger, uh, important piece of information coming up next season. So it's something I'll do some digging and figure out, but I don't have it in front of me right now when they have to have to notify the Lakers of which pick they would like to take, whether it's 2024 or 2025. Uh, let's see. Let, let's finish with this. We've got games tonight. A lot of people talking about this. Bucks Celtics. Do we at least get the satisfaction of seeing the Celtics go home tonight? What do you think? I think I would lean towards a yes. It doesn't surprise me if it goes six, however, or seven, excuse me. Um, however, the way the last game ended, it is so deflating sometimes for a team when you're this close. Uh, it's it's really hard to bounce back from what I've seen. Um, I mean, that was like almost like uh, Ray Allen hitting the three oh, yeah. on San Antonio. You know, like uh, it's it's it. And then there's just nothing left for the next game. So we'll see. I mean, the Celtics are a really really tough team. I hate the fact that like 
I I love I love all those players. I love Jalen Brown. I love Marcus Smart. I love Jason Tatum. I wish they were the Philadelphia 76ers or yeah, something. Just in a different <laughs> like, jersey. Yes. Yeah, take those players, put them in a different jersey. That'd be great. But um, so it's like I I I I like to see those particular guys doing well. You know, Jason Tatum is again another one that got away. But um getting back to the actual question, yeah, I think the Bucks probably close them out tonight. All right. I'm I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say it's a close one, but the Bucks get the job done and send the Celtics packing and make me feel a little better because I came into the postseason saying anyone but the Celtics or the Clippers, and I'm okay with it. So that would be stress-free playoffs for the rest of the way for me if the Celtics do wind up going home. My buddy Keith Smith, of course, would be disappointed. I would feel bad for him. But again, from the Lakers side, I would certainly be excited if the Bucs were to win tonight. Scorpio, man, th- this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here and, and joining us. We went a little overtime, so, uh, so thank you for sticking around. My pleasure, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we'll be on, I can be on this show a couple more times in the upcoming summer and we can be celebrating some good news. That's right. That's right. That sounds like a plan. Everybody coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, please make sure you toss us that five-star rating and throw something in the review. Love reading all the reviews of the show till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.